Reds Hot Stove League on 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser, UDF, and the Holy Grail Banks, along with the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. I'm Tommy Thrall. We are live from Goodyear Ballpark here in Goodyear, Arizona, after the Reds and the Cubs played to a 6-6 tie this afternoon. Looked like the Reds were going to win this. They fell behind early but came fighting back. Uh, Josh Van Meter a home run. Derek Dietrich hit a solo home run. Then the Reds kind of rallied late, scoring a couple in the seventh. Scored one in the eighth to stretch the lead to two runs. And then the Cubs scoring two in the top of the ninth inning against Cody Reed, capitalizing on a costly error. Um, they end up forcing the tie. Again, final score 6-6 today in Goodyear. A lot to talk about. On this edition of the Reds Hot Stove League, coming up a little bit later on, we'll hear from Christian Colon, who has a really good chance to make this team. Of course, that's somewhat contingent on how Nick Zell is, although we'll see Nick. Uh, he's going to play in DH tomorrow. Um, it also depends a little bit on Freddie Galvis. Uh, we, we haven't seen a whole lot of him. He's DH'd a couple of times. He's supposed to play short soon, but that all remains to be seen. He was scratched from the lineup today. Uh, it was not the shoulder issue. It was a uh, groin issue for him. And then uh, how, how Suarez is going to be? Is he going to be available? So all of these factors play in. We'll hear from Christian Colon a little bit later on. Uh, Cowboy, we, we have not talked, and they probably deserve a little more credit than what we've given them. We have not talked too much about the bullpen. And this right. has a chance to be a pretty darn good bullpen. It seems like the starting pitchers get all the attention. But you look at the guys that are out there, they have a chance to be pretty solid. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Tommy. I, I think the, the biggest question mark right now is are you going to force a lefty into that bullpen to go along with Amir Garrett if they're not if those left handed pitchers as a group are not pitching as well as some of the right handers that you have down there? And I, I think that the answer to that would be no. I, I think there are certain pitchers that you would like to make the ball club, that you would really like to see them step up in a different way. But if they don't step up and the numbers and the experience that you're seeing on the field for David Bell uh, indicate that the right-handers are much more apt to be able to, to be ready and to help you in a, in a better way, then I think you're going to go with your right-handed pitchers. And there have been several guys that have thrown the ball awfully well. I've been impressed with Tyler Thornburg. Uh, I was impressed with T.J. Antone, even though Antone is a starter by trade. It, it's just interesting to see some of these younger guys um, much different than what we've seen over the last few years. We've seen a lot of young guys come to the big leagues, maybe not warranted that they were in the big leagues, but yet they were here, and... They, they pitched a little bit with some intimidation. And T.J. Antone, uh, from day one, there is intimidation. I would not use that in describing that kid. He has been on the attack. He's thrown the ball well, uh, all of his pitches. And, and it's just fun to watch. Ryan Hendricks, I would throw in that same category. It's also going to come down to Rysel Iglesias. As far as the bullpen's concerned, you, you, it's going to come down to Rysel Iglesias being able to bounce back to the form that made him such a dominant closer for a while. Well, I, I don't I don't think that there is any doubt that Iglesias is is part of this bullpen. I mean, that's just the way that that things work. And what you have to hope is that he's able to 
to find things and, and do the job that, that you'd like for him to do at the back end of the bullpen. Look, Iglesias' first few times out have not been pretty. It was not real pretty today. But I, I think that we're, we're looking at, I mean, we're still a month to go or really three weeks to go before we finish spring training. And I, I just believe that Iglesias is, is going to have himself ready. There's a lot of expectation, not only from the Reds fans and the, and the, the team in general, but I think Rysel Iglesias is looking for a bounce back year. Amir Garrett's got to be able to finish the season. I, I mean, and I say that as, you know, he had the suspension last year. He wasn't the same coming back. He was very good early on. He was really good. After the suspension, he was not the same pitcher. He admitted that in a conversation I had with him today. felt like maybe he got a little tired towards the end of the year. He's got to be able to make sure he's good for the whole duration of the season. Does some of that fall back on the starters and maybe getting them to go deeper into games and maybe less reliance on, on guys like Stevenson, Lorenzen, or uh, Garrett, Lorenzen, and, and having to go to those guys in, in so many tight games that this team was involved in last year? I, I think part of it, there, there's probably three or three or four different things there that, that indicate a little bit of slide at the end of the year. Num number one for Amir Garrett is a lot of use early simply because he was the lone left-hander and they used him nonstop. I don't think you're going to have that same scenario knowing that you have to face three batters. I, I don't think the, the one pitcher get up and, you know, the one, one batter you get up, you face one batter. I, I don't think that's going to happen anymore for Garrett. He'll be in there for an inning. When he gets up, he's coming in the game. There won't be those uh, dry throws down into the bullpen. But the thing for Amir Garrett is when you when you get suspended and you miss 10 days, man, that's all in the middle of the season, that's almost like starting over again. Your arm starts to heal itself. You're, you're having to try to stretch it back out. Things start to feel different. Um, it, it just makes it it makes it really hard. And, and I think that played more of a, a difference and, a, and an effect on the rest of his season than anything else, in my opinion. Red season ticket plans now start at just 13 games. The new 13-game membership gives you great seats for all Saturday home games, plus guaranteed opening day and postseason ticket options. And with the flexibility of the season ticket exchange program, if you can't make a Saturday, you can trade for another game. For additional information, visit reds.com membership. We'll continue. The Cowboy and I on the Reds Hot Stove League when we roll on from Goodyear Ballpark in Arizona. It's the Reds Hot Stove League brought to you by Budweiser, UDF, and the Holy Grail Banks on the Reds Radio Network. Reds and the Cubs finish a 6-6 tie at Goodyear Ballpark this afternoon. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds Community Fund Split the Pot is back with its biggest jackpot ever, a minimum of $100,000. That means one lucky fan wins at least $50,000. Buy tickets now at Reds5050.com, and the rolling jackpot continues until the end of the game on opening day. Remember, you must be 18 or older and in Ohio to purchase. Talking with the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley, as we continue here on the hot stove, and i uh, Cowboy, we haven't talked much about who is going to be this team's opening day starter. I think, uh, I, I feel like I just assume, or I don't, I just assume that it'll be Luis Castillo. David Bell hasn't made that announcement yet. Uh, he did say and tell the writers uh, a few days ago that he expects to be able to make that announcement 
prior to the next off day, which is a week from today. Uh, that means at the latest, that announcement would probably be Tuesday of next week. Uh, do you see it being anybody different than Luis Castillo? Is it even something that really matters? And I haven't really looked at the way that, that days line up with, with where guys are scheduled to pitch yet, simply because it's so early. And a lot of that can be manipulated as you move along. But it's going to be one of three guys. It's either going to be Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, or Trevor Bauer. Now, the way that, the way that I would look at that is I, I think that it does matter. I, I think the perception from a staff standpoint and maybe the front office, they're looking at the grand plan, the, the 162 games. I, and, and that's how you look at it. But from an individual standpoint as a pitcher, that opening day assignment is its a big responsibility. That, that, and, and you love to have that responsibility. I, I know for, well, I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but, but I would say for a, a competitor like Sonny Gray or Trevor Bauer, that would be a big deal. It would be a, um, something that, that would matter to them. They would take it to heart. I, I thought that the decision last year to start Luis Castillo on opening day was a great decision. And, and the reason I say that, not because Luis Castillo had the greatest spring, it was just that I thought it would make him elevate his game. And boy, did it ever. Yeah, you ain't kidding. I mean, he was lights out, and that kind of set the tone for who he would be really through the entire first half. He, he wasn't as good in the second half after the break, but he was still a, a great pitcher, very reliable for this team. But he was lights out, uh, certainly in the conversation for the Cy Young through the first half of the season. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, you talk about it, it meaning something to the pitchers, and, you know, I think they want to, they being the coaching staff, the front office, they want to make sure that it, it sets up. And it's also going to depend on how everything aligns and how guys are used leading up to that but they've already kind of got that planned from opening day back so right in a way there's there's already a planning process in place but you can it, always change that with big i mean right. you could you could start whoever you want regardless of who starts the first spring training game right you can you can manipulate however that however you would like to do that and I think ultimately it comes down to, you know, from, from David's standpoint, man, who do, you feel, who do you feel going to war with on the first day of the season? I mean, Jack Flaherty is going to start for the Cardinals, and you can bet he's going to bring his A game. I, I just think that looking at, at, at seasons past, the, the most important thing for this Reds ball club is to get off to a good start. And I think in order to get off to a good start, you have to put your best foot forward. Now, those three guys are going to probably pitch the first three games. I, I get that. But that, that opening day start, as you move on into the season, it kind of, on, on days where you don't feel so great, you're the opening day starter, man. You're the opening day starter. It gives you some extra incentive. It, it, it brings you to a level that you might not be able to reach on a rough day. You talk about the fast start, um, and, and that's something that this team knows. They, they, they know they need to get off to a, a better start than they have in the past. A lot of that just comes down to prepping in spring training, making sure that you've put in the work now to be able to 
be ready once the bell rings. You can't you can't really go wrong with any of those three, though, can you? I mean, is there a bad choice of the? You could almost pull the name out of the hat, and sure, it's going to matter to whoever that guy is. But from an organizational standpoint, they're all three uh, pretty capable of handling that role. And I agree with that, but I also think that David is going to look at what he sees body language wise, uh, drive wise out there on the mound, especially. Uh, as we move along here in spring training and you know maybe he's already got his mind made up maybe it, it it's already a foregone conclusion but from from a managerial standpoint I want the guy that I feel most comfortable that is going to give me a chance to win that first ball game no matter what let's face it opening day in Cincinnati it's game on it is some kind of rocket ain't anything like that in yeah. baseball Point blank. Um, we've talked a lot about Jose Garcia this camp. A guy we haven't talked much about uh, that, that's probably not far off from, from wearing a Reds uniform during the regular season is catcher Tyler Stevenson. Uh, this is a guy that's... That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Because last year we had a couple of um, injury issues with both catchers. So uh, Tyler is one of those guys that, that could play a, a, a big role on this club. Not as a a guy that's going to come up and start every single day, but to be able to fill a role and then go back and continue to develop in the minor leagues. You you get an injury, whether even if it's for a start or two, but I, I think the relationships that Tyler Stevenson builds right now with some of these older guys on this staff are going to be such a great asset for him as we move along this year. Now, real quick, uh, we got to get to break, but real quick, do you think, you're able to build a lot of that foundation by catching bullpens, or does it have to be in a game situation? I, I think it's both, I, but I think more so than anything else is just being in that locker room, being around those guys, and feeling like you belong. And when you've never been up here, feeling like you belong gives you great confidence. We've got a lot more coming up. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League, brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF, along with the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. I'm Tommy Thrall, talking Reds baseball. Always good to talk baseball from Goodyear Ballpark, Goodyear, Arizona. Uh, we're, what, about a week and a half into spring games at this point, so they're starting to, some of those battles are really starting to take shape. One thing we haven't talked too much about yet is what's going to happen in the outfield with this team. Now, we know the regular guys. When everybody's healthy, Sinzel will be the everyday center fielder. You'll see Shogo Akiyama in all likelihood in left. Nicholas, uh, Nick Castellanos will be the right fielder on a regular basis. Now, there's going to be other guys that are going to fit in. They're going to mix and match. I, I don't necessarily see this team carrying three extra outfielders so how does that how does that whole battle shake out in your mind and how is it playing out right now well I think I think number one with the the probability and I'll and I'll leave it at that with Nick Senzel the probability of Nick not being ready on opening day is going to afford some guys an opportunity to at least get that get that taste or at least be able to prove themselves that they can start off the year and, and put some numbers up. I, I think that's very important, especially for uh, coming from spring training going into the regular season. Uh, if, you, if you start Akiyama in center field, you put Winker in left, you've got Castellanos in right, uh, you put a left-hander on the mound, you may have uh, 
Philip Irvin out in left field. Um, I, I think that as the spring moves on, you're going to have to see more from Aristides Aquino than what we've seen so far. And, and I think that's a that you're starting to hear that a little bit behind the scenes and just the discussions and the talk that you hear and some of the quotes that are that are in the um, in the media. I think that this organization wants to see a, you don't have to see the guy that stood up in August and hit all the home runs. But what you what you would like to see is a little bit more consistent production. Um, I think we've seen him play well in the outfield. They, they're talking about him playing in center field. And maybe that's that's an issue that they look at as they as they put him in AAA to begin the season. If, they, if that that could be a reason that they want to start him down there. He does have an option left. And a lot of a lot of our fans, I don't know that they understand that so well. But when you're trying to keep guys on your roster, your 40 man roster and within your organization, that option works to your advantage as an organization to keep a veteran player, but it doesn't work to your advantage if you're the guy that ultimately the option is used on and you're sent to AAA. And on the pitching staff, a perfect example of that is a guy like Tyler Malley who knows where he's going to fit in. Uh, but but sticking with the outfield, Aquino, I, I don't know that I see Aquino as being the type of guy that can be as effective off the bench as he can when he's in there every day. We've seen Philip Irvin be productive off the bench. I, I just believe, Tommy, that that is a, a learned experience. And there are some guys that never are able to handle that. I, I think that what we saw last year with Philip Irvin, especially last year, he had such confidence hitting against left-handed pitchers, whether it be a flamethrower in the seventh or eighth inning or a starter where he got three or four starts. And I thought that David and his staff did a wonderful job of getting Irvin enough starts and enough views of that left-handed pitching and pitching in general to keep him sharp. And, and I think that it showed in his production on the field. I think it's shown so far here in spring training. Those are the kind of guys that you have to keep on your club because you're going to see left-handed pitching, and you've got a lot of left-handed bats in this lineup. You need that right-handed guy that you can count on on the bench. And not just that. Like, you talk about this team being competitive late. You, you need guys off the bench that are always going to give you good at-bats, and you know what you're going to get. Uh, you don't want your bench to be a weakness when you're trying to make a run. Well, I, I think that having a Jesse Winker and a Philip Irvin in a, in a tandem, uh, I don't really want to say platoon, but in a tandem to be able to have one on the bench, one in the ball game, the other vice versa. I think it gives you exactly what you're talking about. It gives you a great presence in a crucial situation late in the ball game. I just always believe that you're going to get a quality at bat from Jesse Winker. That That is first and foremost, regardless of what the situation is and where you are, I think you're going to get a good at bat from Jesse Winker all the time. This is the Reds Hot Stove League from Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona. When we come back, we are going to hear from Christian Colon. This is the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. It's presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser are proud to sponsor the Reds Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for our next live show at the Holy Grail Banks. That's coming up March 25th. Specials on Bud and Bud Light Buckets, the Holy Grail Banks, Cincinnati's home for sports. Well, one guy that may have a real chance to make this team, depending on how the injuries shake out this spring, is Christian Colon. I had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week. Here's that conversation. We're visiting with Christian Colon, and Christian, uh, 
What's it? What's the spring been like for you? I mean, your, your career's been certainly a roller coaster, probably to say the least. But but so what's what's this opportunity in spring? Oh, it's uh, it's been great. Um, you know, we're just now getting going. I think it's uh, a week now we've been here of uh, games, and uh, you know, just getting ready to you know compete. And we've been going out there, you know, and, and uh, for the most part, everybody's, you know, staying healthy, which is, you know, we've we've had a few uh, hit by pitches that uh, kind of scared us and whole thing with Travis yesterday and his hamstring. But, you know, everything's been great. You know, so far, everything's good. Just ready to get out there and, you know, keep competing. You've been around this game for a while now, but how do you try to handle your own situation I mean are you kind of looking at everything else going on and figuring out where you fit in well I think I think at the end of the day um, you know the coaching staff and the front office and everybody you know they're trying to do the best they can they got tough decisions to make you know um, to take the best 25 you know to start um, you know to uh, to to achieve a goal and for me you know I want to be part of that 25 of course but um, um you know, I'm, I'm going to control what I can control, and that's just, uh, you know, I'm a winning player. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do anything. Um, so I think uh, I, I have the experience, and it's something that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to work, whether it's now or, or, you know, whatever, September or playoffs come around, I'll be ready to go. So, um, you know, I'm going to just control what I can control, go out there and play and see what happens. Not just a winning player, but a winning player that has had some key moments in your career, too. I mean, yeah. how, do, how does that kind of, I don't want to say define a career, but maybe transform you? Yeah, no, it really, uh, it, it, it really helped me look at things from a different perspective. You know, um, just not playing at all. You know, in the, in the postseason, and then getting getting the chance to just impact the game, uh, it just kind of taught me that the twenty fifth, twenty sixth man on the roster, like uh, they're they're valuable too. You know, um, as much as uh, all the superstars. But so I'm I'm excited, man. I I'm, I stay ready all times. You know, I stay with the mentality of uh, competing. You know, uh, all the time. I'm a I, I would I want to say I, I'm a fierce competitor. So. I'm, I'm going to stay ready, you know, at all times, whether it's breaking out of spring or at the end. So I've been battle tested. <laughs> you and Moustakas won a World Series together. Do you guys ever get together and share tales? Oh, yeah, we've been doing that. Um, uh, early in spring, we went to dinner with a few guys and, and just relived some, some stories and some memories, you know. Um, Moose is great. You know, he's another guy that's been uh, battle tested and, he uh, he's just a great leader, man. So he relates to everybody. He's he's respectful to everybody. He, he cares about everybody, and um, you know we, we're happy to have him here. So yeah, we we definitely sit down and talk about all the cool moments that, that we had. You talk about winning and what what that means to you, but but also getting together with other guys and and just talking about what it takes what do you share what 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 stands out to you and what makes a winning player well I think you know inspiring people that's what's one thing that we've been talking about it's uh you know when you win and you win the right way you can celebrate forever you know um it's just uh a winning player is just I feel like it, it puts his ego aside you know whether you again making a hundred million dollars or nothing you know 
your your goal is just bigger than you and, and your ego gets put to the side where there's things that you, you might not like or things that are, they're not fair a lot of the times, you know, or you don't you don't get the, the opportunity you deserve or, you know, you go hard at every drill, you take everything like it's your last day and you still get sent down. You know, you have to check your ego and say, you know what, this is not about me. This is about everybody in this room. So we're going to continue to to bring our best self here, and that's what makes a winning player. You know, obviously you got to be talented, but but uh, other than that, I think it's like just your attitude, man. Just coming in, knowing that sometimes it's a tough tough pill to swallow. You know, like I said, but you can swallow it and then get out there and and and, uh, and and help your team and help people around you because it, it's going to come back around. You know. You carry a lot of those traits you just mentioned. Uh, you've spent a lot of time in the minor leagues after winning a World Series. Yeah. What, wh- where does this character come from? I mean, what, what, who do you attribute it to, and, and, and who really impacted you as a person? Oh, man, I, I have, I've had a lot of people help me with this, you know, uh, but mainly just experiences, like going through tough times, um, having to look in the mirror and realizing that, I work best when I help other people, you know, and I, and when I put my ego aside, that's really, since I was, my days at Cal State Fullerton, you know, it was like, I thrive of just being part of something and really going after one goal. Um, so I think for me, it, it's been hard, you know, just up and downs, you know, earlier part of my career, everybody knows, you know, first rounder and uh, got to the big leagues fairly quick, you know, and, and I had success at the big league level. And then, um, you know, got back to the minor leagues and really had to check my ego and a lot of stuff that, you know, I wasn't willing to do before. So that's why I say, like, at, at the time of tough things happening, there's always going to – some good will come out of it. You know, it's just through that process is you really reveal who you are, you know, and, like, you got to check yourself. But, um, you know, I, I'm just, again, happy to be here with especially um, all these guys and, and the coaching staff. You know, it's David, it's special leader, you know, and uh, everybody around him too. So we're going to do great things this year. You tie a game in the wild card game that your team ends up winning. You deliver the game-winning hit in the deciding game of a World Series. Those are two moments that not many people get to experience. One, you had two. Is there one that stands out above the other? The, the game winner was on the road. The game tying was at home. What I mean, where, where do those rank? I, I assume they're one and two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they're definitely one and two in my, uh, my career. But, you know, I, I would say... The wild card game was a, a very nerve-wracking just because it was our first time there. It was my first postseason at bat. And then, you know, I got this swinging bunt, and, you know, it just happened to work out. And, but, you know, it prepared me for what came the next year, you know, and I was a little bit more uh, prepared, um, even though it was a bigger situation, bigger stage. Um, but But, you know, I just... I just remember, you know, struggling with some things personally, you know, um, wanting to be part of what was going on and just praying, you know, letting things fall where they did. And it happened to, you know, 
I got the opportunity, you know, which is I'm thankful for that. Um, and then last year when I came up here, um, you know, like everybody knows, I was at home, you know, and all of a sudden I'm I'm in the ball game facing uh, Seth Lugo, you know, and the game's tied, and I'm like, this is like deja vu, you know, <laughs> like I'm just like take it as they as it comes. I don't get too high or too low, you know, and I think that's really helped me, bef- you know, go go in those in those clutch at bats, you know. Um, so I think I just take the same mentality, you know, just. Don't get too high, not to get too low. Just, um, just try to bring value to the team. And how can I do that? You know. So that's that's what I ask myself every day. Christian, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Man. Again, a big thanks to Christian Cologne for taking the time to join us on the Hot Stove League this week. Still more to come. In the Cowboy, we'll talk more Reds baseball as we wrap up the show. Coming up next on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Wrapping things up with the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. I'm Tommy Thraw, and uh, Cowboy, we're, we're kind of entering into a new phase of camp. We'll start to see some guys play back-to-back days now. Off day yesterday, everybody got to recharge a little bit. So so was, as camp moves along, as camp progresses here, what are you, you going to be looking for over the next week? I think, number one, I would like to see... Wade Miley be able to work with both Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Casale. I think anytime you're a new pitcher working with a new battery mate, uh, that that familiarity becomes quite important, especially as you move towards the beginning of the season. But I think probably what is even more so important is to see the starting shortstop, Freddie Galvis, work with your starting second baseman and Mike Moustakas. And I think that if if that is going to be your middle infield, you would like to get those two guys as many repetitions together as you possibly can just from a, a double play standpoint and working balls up the middle. There's so much transition in today's game of positioning and, and how we're going to move infielders around the infield. I think it's important to have those guys playing together as much as possible. And in game situations, you can you can work on it all you want on the backfields it's a lot different once the ball's in play off a live bat and uh, all the footwork from Mike Moustakas so far has looked really good certainly be good to see him working with Freddie Galvez in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Negro Leagues the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum is proud to showcase the Shades of Greatness exhibit presented by Dinsmore now through April 17th this critically acclaimed exhibition features 35 original works of art produced by 28 diverse professional artists from across the country. For details, visit redsmuseum.org. That does it for this week's Reds Hot Stove League. Thanks so much for listening. For the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley, our producer engineer, Dave Yiddy Armbruster. I'm Tommy Thrall. We'll catch you next week.